Hey everybody, it's Rob on Carnival of Randomness, and we are at the Fortress of Solitude already with Pat and one of his violent <laughs> cats, who no, they got gone. rid of, they're gone. who are gone, otherwise it would be up here. And we have in the, in the rogues gallery, we have pretty much all the musicologists today. We have Buck coming from us from Binghamton. We have Paul and somebody on the phone, <laughs> I can't see, and we have Chaz. But we're really thrilled and lucky. She'll be in town on... April 20th at Abilene, our own Nick Young's opening. If you've ever seen him, he's great. It's going to be like one of the shows of spring. You don't want to miss this. And she's coming to us from Nashville, and we're very glad to have her. Please welcome Lily Winwood. Hey, Lily. Hi, how are you? Very good. Cold. Now, you're coming in the spring, but if you've never been up here before, it could be like four degrees still. <laughs> and my friend, I have some friends in Nashville. My, friend, my last friend was up a couple of weeks ago. Shit. Oh, it's 70 down there. I'm like, well, then just go back. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's the weather here is just so bipolar. Like one day it'll be like 80 degrees. It'll pro it probably snow this weekend. Like it's, it's so random. But now how did you find yourself in Nashville? Because you were born in the, you were in the UK and you were, can you pronounce where you're from? Because I've taken grief from certain yeah. people on the panel about how I pronounce British things. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Gloucestershire. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gloucestershire. <laughs> you're looking at Paul. Yeah. She's from there. No, but I'm asking him. He always makes fun of me how I pronounce yeah, British my, things. My wife's English and I'm used to getting corrected at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, did, how did you find yourself going to uh from there to Nashville? Um, so my mom is from Nashville and um I was actually born here and um I have some close family ties here and spent a lot of time in Nashville growing up. So, you know, other than London, it was really kind of the only city I'd ever known. So you know, as soon as I I left school and turned eighteen, you know, I don't I don't think you know spending the rest of my life in Gloucestershire being a musician was, you know, the the smart move forward. So you know, um, it just so happened that I had a lot of ties here, and it just made sense to move to Nashville. Well, Jill, so. where are you? are you from, Kent, Jill? No, I was actually born in London, um, but most of my family's from Kent. But I did actually live in um, Westbury-upon-Severn uh, for a while, which is the other side of the River Severn, but still in Gloucestershire. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. I feel like I know so much more geographically about the States than I do <laughs> in the UK. Like, people be like, oh, Gloucestershire, that's near so-and-so. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Well, I just yeah, go on. I used to drive about 40,000 miles a year for work, so I got to know England quite well. <laughs> well, that's cool and everything, but now one of the things I was going to ask, was there a culture shock with the cuisine from coming over? <laughs> um, I mean, no. That I, also, like, I, I spent so much time here growing up. Um, you know, there was definitely, like, specific things cuisine-wise like exciting for me and my family coming over here like mexican food just doesn't exist in england the big thing oh, i yeah. keep hearing is hot chicken i keep hearing hot chicken nashville hot, hot chicken. chicken yeah nashville hot chicken that's a thing definitely put your toilet paper in the fridge <laughs> <laughs> now you i you grew up in a music family i take it uh-huh 
a little bit. And I've noticed that on our show, a lot of one thing in common have mo a lot of our guests who are musicians grew up in a music family. And did you happen to know, like with your dad, did you get to a point where, okay, he does something for a living most people don't do? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't think there was any really kind of like definitive moment where I was like, huh, this is different. But um, I think the only time it really sort of like sank in was when I actually started going on the road with him and I would do things like um, sell his merchandise for him. And I was like, whoa, okay, like this is actually work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How was it as a child, like a younger person going on the road like that? How was the experience? Oh, so much fun so much fun um a lot of work you know you it was such good um I guess practice for you know doing it now um like on my own terms but doing it with him like you really sort of learn to learn the ropes and um kind of learn all sorts of like the the dark side of touring if you will and mm. yeah like yeah it was great it was really like good the sleep deprivation yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we've like I've known like some like you get the promoters where you come in like unfortunately there was like a place here, it's gone now. But I remember bands coming in from like Winnipeg across it. The, they would get in and they wouldn't get paid stuff like that. Right, right, yeah. You know, ho hopefully we you know always try to get paid at the end of the day. But... <laughs> yeah, but the one thing I was the only really question I was going to ask about you, Dad, if you if you ever heard of a movie called The Ghost Goes Gear. I haven't. Uh... Mention it to him sometime because it's this movie in the '60s. Not going to say it's good, <laughs> but there's a scene where the Spencer Davis group is playing on a barge. Oh, nice. Yes, <laughs> and that's just that's my little... what? Go on, go on, Paul. I said, see if he remembers. <laughs> yeah. And just don't blame, don't let him blame you if he gives you like a look or something bad. Say it was this goofy guy you were talking to. The name again? I'm going to write it. Ghost down. Goes Gear. Ghost Goes Gear. Nice. Yeah. Um, is it like in black and white? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Wow. I think it is. My friend Mike Murray, he does a show called Whole Lot of Shaking here, and it's all garage retro. And I was saying we're going to have Lily Winwood on. Is there anything I could ask? So he's like Mr. Esoteric, so blame him. <laughs> Everything. Well, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's 1966. The. The the, uh, the blurb here is a festival of pop singers becomes the unlikely saviors of a haunted mansion. It does appear to be in color, and it sounds ridiculous. So, <laughs> that was very Scooby Doo. Starring, uh, well, I feel like uh, the Spencer Davis group must have been fairly uh, fairly prominent in this movie because. The fourth, the third and fourth people listed and the cast on, um, at least on Google are Spencer Davis and Steve Winwood. So, <laughs> starting alongside of Nicholas Parsons and Sheila White. So there you go. There's your film bit. You were warned if you watched that we don't endorse the movie. We've never seen it. So don't blame us for an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half of your life. You can't get back yeah, if you do right, watch it. I'm so curious now. <laughs> don't look like it's You could write a song called but... The Ghost Goes Gear. That would be kind of neat. <laughs> you can find clips on YouTube. So when did anyway, you so sort of, <laughs> when did you sort of find, I always find creative people you create, there's a muse. When did it sort of, come to you that you want to sort of pursue music as a career 
it's it like it came in waves honestly like through different things i mean being being an artist is you know a musician is just so many different forms of creativity and um art, different kinds of artistry and i think i started like playing guitar when i was eight years old and i was just really you know inspired by things like like i was obsessed with slash growing up <laughs> i just like, really wanted to be like a killer guitar player and then you know as you get older like you know obviously your passions change and then as i became like a teenager i got really into like songwriting and you know um i think there's such a aspect of like storytelling and um i just love the kind of way that songwriting works so obviously you know the the genre of music i was playing sort of shifted a bit um and being in nashville it was you know definitely influenced by like country um but I, I'd say that's kind of how I got to where I am today, just sort of playing and singing and writing. I think it's the place. If I, I was in the 1960s, I'd want to be in Swinging London. Now, if I wanted to be part of a music scene, it would be Nashville or Austin. Oh, yeah. You, and, you now, would, tell me if I'm completely off base, but listening to some of your stuff, I hear some John Prine. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a compliment. <laughs> but are you, is this off base or not? Are you a fan? Are you... Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to be. I feel like he's the sort of, uh, the sort of like, uh, all shining, you know, power that every songwriter in some way kind of looks up to. You're playing yeah. at the right club here for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a John Prine tribute night uh, not that long ago. It was fantastic. Lots of love for oh, Nice. Yeah. But you were really. I've seen you found your own voice, and I mean, I think Mark wanted to ask you something about that. You've, I said when I said you were going to be on, he managed to listen to a whole bunch of your stuff because he's thorough, unlike some of us. And what were your thoughts? I'm not as thorough as you think. First of all, Lily, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, and full, full disclosure, I graduated high school in 1986, and your father provided the soundtrack of much of my adolescence. And I think one of the things that really strikes me and, and what makes him stand out, and um, I was pleasantly surprised in listening to you, is that, you know, the the quality of vocal is just so, it, it's incredible. And also, so, I, I see a certain similarity in the look in your eye when you sing, when he sings. There's just, I... I yeah, it's the I, singing I even... face. <laughs> the Winwood singing but, face. Well, <laughs> But really, you know, because you talk about, you know, learning guitar and all that and being someone who's, you know, sings and plays, um, you know, the, the effort that you put into learning to play an instrument, but the voice as an instrument, um, did you find it something that you really it came natural to you? Or is it something that you've really put a lot of effort into to studying, you know, as far as, you know, placement, uh, you know, and, and, and those type of things? Well, you see, as you get older, I feel like your voice uh, kind of needs to be exercised a bit. So I I really kind of didn't find that it took a lot of effort to sing up until the past year or so. And uh, up until the past year or so, was, I've, I've really started, started kind of getting into the mechanics of it and, mm -hmm. 
like all the breath work that it takes and um you know rather than just kind of like singing in the shower so to say um does that coincide with touring does it coincide with touring like um yeah like having to work on the voice and and, and really work oh, absolutely it. absolutely and um I, I was actually just saying to somebody the other day, I, I don't know if this is just like come with age or if I'm really just becoming like that haggard, but I, I'll find like after two days of just like rehearsals and then like an hour show that my voice, like I will fully need to kind of go home and shut up <laughs> and like rest my voice. Cause it'll, you know, it'll get pretty strained. And so I think definitely with touring, you know, whether whether I I actually stick to it or not, it's definitely a good idea to, you know, do your vocal exercises. <laughs> hey, Chaz, did you want to say something? Um, yeah, I'm an honored honored to be in on this too. You got a lot of fans here. Uh, do you think you know how to play "Sweet Child of Mine"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Oh, we got to wait for this. Here we go. Wow. It's not plugged in. It's not plugged in. Oh, okay. Well, we can watch your hand, I guess. That's good. She, she. Lily's playing her electric guitar without it being plugged into her amp. But the, the you know, I mean, the guitar players here can yeah, guess two of us what they saw. <laughs> God, God didn't want us to hear that for when I said that. So he <laughs> it's all yeah. It's the uh, the perils of uh, remote uh, computer recording. It's like going back again for influences, Guns and Roses. In terms of your, were you a Traffic, Blind Faith fan? Any of that, or were you sort of like, yes, I mean, no. yeah, yeah, of course I am. Well, you have to be. You should be. Everybody should be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, you know that's a that's a, a a thing you notice in people who have grown up with you know musical artists in the family is they're one or the other either either they're all they see either they're all in or they're just no <laughs> you know, I want to go this way you know which yeah, is I mean um, I natural. will say I I love a Steve Winwood concert you know <laughs> like we'll I'll bring like all my family will get together and we'll bring all our friends and it's a dance party you know yeah. and, and you and you toured with him and you toured with him and opened up for him correct yeah yeah um a few years ago yeah yeah the 2018 yeah you know i come came across a lovely piece just on my youtube feed it was it was your father in front of a crackling fire um and he was uh playing I can't find my way home and it was just like wow you know it's just and you could hear the, the pop, the snack, crap, crackle, and pop of the fire. It was uh, really quite something. So I, I, I take it was that uh, on your property in, in England where he uh, had filmed that? Or uh, you have no idea. <laughs> you, it, it wasn't your turn to watch him, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, how did the Higher Love, well, by the way, very, very good cover of Higher Love. I love it. No pun. <laughs> I like it's it's. It's stripped down your vocals, keyboards. Yeah, that so that higher love. I was seventeen when I recorded that. I'm 26 now, so it was almost 10 years ago. And it was, I was home from school because I was sick that day, and I had like just a really kind of like 
like nasally voice and, <laughs> and my dad was like hey come come in here come get in this booth come sing and i was like i really don't want to <laughs> like put yourself to work come on sing this and i, hey, did. I, have, a, I have another question for lily this is chaz again uh about nashville so uh favorite uh local uh club or and or favorite um band w that you might want to go see that nobody we might not have heard of oh um or, or not favorite just what might roll off of your mind that you uh uh right. are familiar with lately there's a there's a little club over um so i live in east nashville and um i just i love you know all the all the people over here are just like super supportive <clears throat> there's a musician around every single corner but um i i'd say my favorite club is this one called the five spot um and there's just all sorts of like different nights that go on like on mondays they have this thing called motown mondays and everybody comes out and like swing dances super cute and they're just always so accommodating for musicians and have the best sound best lights and you know they really really make it a good time um a few of my favorite bands um that you you know you gotta catch while you're here um i'm obviously gonna say um alan thompson has a band with um Keisha Bailey, Alan Thompson produced my record time well spent. Um, but he has a, a sort of soul funk rock and roll uh, Americana band with um, a, a beautiful lady, Keisha Bailey, who just has a, a voice from heaven. And they have a band called Lady Couch and you can, you can find them playing all over Nashville. Um, another band, um, it's a pretty rock and roll band. Um, they're actually my next door neighbors. They play around town a lot uh, called Ducky Neptune. You'll have to check them out. Cool. cool. I can keep all these in mind and maybe try to book them up here. <laughs> well, um, one of the guitarists, uh, one of the main guys for Ducky Neptune is actually going to be playing guitar for me when I come up to Rochester. Oh, so. right. I was going to say, too, uh, how long did you cut? How long did it take to cut the higher love thing, considering you were barely you know, barely alive on that day. How many takes? How did it go? I I can't remember. Uh, not a lot. I know we just wanted to do it in that specific style, and um, it was kind of more experimental than anything. And then so that I was honestly a surprise when we released it. Um, well, you, it shouldn't be. It was really good. It really <laughs> was. I loved it. I was listening to it all yesterday. It was like... <laughs> But now when you started doing your own songwriting, what was your process? How did it come about? Was it sort of just in general? Oh, it's so different every time. Every time I write a song. That's what I've heard from everybody pretty much. It's like, you know, you can, it's anything from like forcing yourself to sit down and like throw up words onto a piece of paper or just, you know, I'll be walking down the street and like a cool melody will come out of my head and it'll it'll just sort of flow out like that um do you have I, it like do you have that on your phone or take apps? i've noticed like my friend adriana does it everybody we've had on it does it where they always you'll be talking to them all of a sudden they gotta jot something down because an idea came in their head yeah that's me for sure i work in a restaurant on weekends 
and there's so many just scrumpled up like pieces of notepad paper in the bottom of my apron that just have like garbage written on it or like song ideas <laughs> see my problem would be i can't read my own writing so i'd be this has got to be great but what am i saying but, you know, Tom Waits did that. That's how he started out because he worked at an all-night pizza place. And that's where Nighthawks at the Diner came from because of all the interesting characters. Um, and I think creative people, I always use the term creative people create, and they see the world a little differently where everything's an idea. Like one of my really good friends, Greg Townsend, he wrote a song called ATM Inside. What did he do? He was driving. He saw a sign that said ATM Inside. Song. You know, yep. I think you think in a different process, you have that creative vibe. Yeah, I also... You know, Greg is, sorry, carry oh, on. Yeah, Greg's, our, Greg's our grade school friend who's uh, done well. He tours with Nick Lowe playing guitar. But uh, anyway, a little aside. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you definitely have to be like in the mindset to be open to the songwriting process. Like I know right now, I'm in the process of like getting ready to release some songs and kind of working on that creative process and that I've completely shut my mind off to writing right now. Like, like I'll kind of, if, if an idea comes to me, I'll write it down, but like, it's very much just kind of put in a box and save for later right now. Yeah. Um, but like, if I am in that mode of like, Oh, like I, I'm going to sit down this week and write a few songs and I'm like open to that process, then like, almost every everything I do like everywhere I go if I see something I'll be like oh that's an idea or like oh that's an idea kind of thing um yeah I think it, for me at least I think you definitely kind of have to be in that like open-minded process yes exactly that's the question I this is the question we ask everybody who's on now you're rolling along you're doing fine then all of a sudden 2020 hits and as an artist how did you react to everything being shut down and creatively did it I mean for me I keep saying I had time on my hands I'm going to be so creative I ended up barely being able to do the laundry right. oh I had friends who actually recorded like three albums worth but how did it affect you yeah um I got a lot of writing done um I actually um like started working uh in a bar believe it or not like the 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 little days that I could when they were open, you know, it was like one or two tables. It is Tennessee, so it didn't really shut down. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started working really hard, saved up a lot of money. Um, yeah, wrote a lot, started running. <laughs> so being in Nashville, I'm that we've heard from other friends who are you know, singer-songwriters in Nashville that they spend a lot of time um, collaborating with other people and that the, the, like the pickup line is, we got to write together sometime, right? Let's write together sometime. Do you work collaboratively with people in Nashville on your music? I work best by myself. <clears throat> I always have. I've, I've, I've done some collabs. Um, they've gone well. But I feel like I am I, I'm, I'm very naturally just introverted, too. I think it's very hard for me to be like full creative, full comfortable when I'm around, so to speak, like a co-write. Um, unless it's somebody, you know, that I'm I'm very close with. But primarily, I, I just sort of. Oh, Paul, it. you are on. 
Yeah, my Oh, good, because I had a question I had asked Lily, and I wanted to make sure you were on there. So you're in Nashville. Are there any problems with stink bugs? Uh, the little, like... Literal stink uh, bugs? The, like, the little triangle guys? Yeah, those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're around. They're around. Okay, there's a reason for this, and we're laughing. I had my friend Alyssa on... And all of a sudden, during the interview, she's swatting, and she's moving her computer. And it turned out, that we asked her when she was up here playing, it was a stink bug got on the computer. So it's an in-joke for anybody with Nashville. Uh, yeah, yeah you'll, it's very, very, like, summer comes around, and it's just nonstop bugs everywhere. Yeah. Well, like, we're like, nonstop snow. <laughs> Right. Well, Buck's from B- he's in Binghamton, so just about sort of the same thing. Yeah, and, and to be very very clear, there's no P in Binghamton. Okay, there's no Hampton. It's, it's a <laughs> okay. Also, I was thinking about ways to get him. Isn't uh, Nashville off of Route 17? Don't you go down 17? I think. I have never even seen Route 17 or heard of Route 17. Okay, because I think if you're tra- if you're if, are you flying into Rochester or are you going to drive? Drive. Oh yeah. So you know, do you have a lot of stops along the tour uh, along the way before um, you make I, it up here? I think that's my third mm-hmm. stop on this little run. The mm-hmm. second or third, I don't know. Yeah. So I think you'll be traveling up Route 17, and then you're gonna you're probably gonna take a you're gonna bear a little bit. Uh, I think you're gonna bear. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna head west. So, yeah, so you're going to take a turn in my town as you head up to Rochester. Oh, great. So, now, like, when she doesn't show up for the wins. show because she ends up in Pennsylvania, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I know my I friend Meg, she drives a lot from then. I think it's like 13 hours. I have no idea. I just haven't gone anywhere in like two years or so. But you play a lot. You play a lot of local clubs, don't you? Yeah, I play a lot locally. I you have a residency or is it just wherever you play? Wherever. I'm sure in Nashville, yeah. there's not many music clubs to choose from either. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, it'll just be kind of like like every week, you know, like a buddy will hit me up. Like tonight, my friend has a residency um, at this place called The Underdog, and she hit me up last week so generously and was like, hey, do you want to come play? And it, it's just kind of things like that happen every week, and it's just super fluid, and it's great. So, do you tour with the same people generally, or do you do a lot of change up in your, uh, you know, I, in your lineup? I don't do a lot of touring with like a band. Like, I do a lot of solo touring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's uh, it's easier that way. I find <laughs> it is. You know how you're going to play. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and I think you are you are like such a singer songwriter too. I think it probably mm-hmm. works best for you, right? You know, but you know, it's easier, it's easier logistically to do the solo thing. Um, and I, um, I'm impressed. Uh, I saw one of your songs. I think it was a song called "Front Row." You were doing on a radio station, and uh, playing and singing uh, simultaneously, and the picking uh, was amazing. It was sounded like two guitar players. Uh, but when you have a backup band, you can kind of like let go of the guitar and just enjoy the singing. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. uh, I guess either way, you got it down. So it's great. 
<laughs> now, in terms of the recording, take us a little bit through the recording process, because actually, I remember back in the days, I always say I'm like, I'm around your age, but I have older brothers and stuff. So, uh, I remember when they were in band, and one of them was in a band, I remember we used to say it sounded local, and the recording process was all sort of clunky and everything. How Now, it just seems, the technology, we work, usually the show is... We have a studio here, but I didn't expect you to drive up here for the show. <laughs> so so we, the technical stuff is amazing, and I do some stuff with musicians there. What's the recording process been like for you? Um, it's different every time. Um, I think the most recent songs that I've done is, like, the most comfortable I've ever been in a studio setting in my life, and it was just, like, the best way of working. Um, the way... We're so blessed in Nashville to just have the array of like incredible musicians. Just literally there's like one in every three people is just an insane session musician. So I have um, a band that I regularly work with who are just super, super good. And um, I had all my songs. And so the process was we went into the studio um, I had given them, I had sent them sort of like really rough MP3s of my songs. Um, and then we sat down and I played the songs for them acoustically, kind of gave everybody a bit of direction, um, like production wise. Um, and then we just kind of got in the studio and did about four or five takes for each song and just kind of knocked it out right there and then. And then anything else, you know, I wanted to do on top of it. Like I would, I would, so I would sing and play separately to the band playing so that I could come in and redo my vocals and kind of put anything else I wanted on top of it. Um, and it's super easy process. And, uh, I think, you know, these next songs that I'm going to put out, like these musicians are just so great. And, and I really, there was nobody really sat in the producer chair, so to speak. I think everybody kind of like, put their own spin on it artistically and um yeah I just kind of have them to thank for that <laughs> you really think like you are quite the lyricist I've been trying I can actually understand you on like some of the bands my friends are in which I can't understand <laughs> if I've heard a hundred times but you yeah. seem like you really put something into the words yeah yeah I think that's important and you, there's no like you know what I mean or whatever you ever wait with phrases and everything where it's like not just like the throwaway oh what can I say now love is good love is cool <laughs> <laughs> right yeah um I think a song I, I don't normally make songs or write songs I find it difficult to write songs that aren't real that aren't true that are, that don't actually resonate with me yeah, then when you, are they, when they're born, as I'll call them, is, are they pretty much, have you had any songs where it started as one thing and by the time you recorded it or you were done, it was like almost completely different or do they pretty much stay the same? Oh, I mean, I think songs never really come out exactly how you were imagining. Um, if anything, they always kind of come out a little better than I was imagining, but um I think one thing, you know, you just have to kind of be vocal about what you want, what you don't want, um, how you how you hear things and how you kind of want it to 
sound. And it might even turn on a phrase. There's a story of Tom Petty. I have his, like, his deluxe Wildflowers disc and the song, You Wrecked Me. It was originally You Rocked Me, and he wasn't even going to record it because he was saying, come on, you rocked me. Everybody says that. <laughs> and I think Mike Campbell or somebody suggested You Wrecked Me. He's like, ah, there we go. Yeah. If anybody, if Chaz or Buck, you want to speak on this, the songwriting process, what would you say in terms of what she said? Uh, I, I'm not as a prolific a songwriter, and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit out of the biz these days, but um, I find that some of the songs that I've written are just so spontaneous. Like, I remember once doing a gig, and it was a wedding. It was a couple that used to come see us, because we, we kind of set up residence at this bar called Nips Park Avenue Saloon in my town. And... Um, you know, we went and played this beautiful wedding and all the our regulars were there and all that. I'm thinking, wow, what a great bunch of people. And so I woke up the next day and in, you know, about 15 minutes wrote a, a song about him. That was the one I did on your, your podcast that, you know, just basically describing the scene. And, you know, it's a, it's a little, little backwoodsy, uh, you know, we're the, uh, we're the largest city in a very rural area. So you, you get all kinds of characters coming in and out of the bar. And it was just a, a d description of what actually was going on. And it's, you know, I find that some things just kind of write themselves, you know? Exactly. Uh, Chaz, anything to add? No, I agree with both everybody here. The spontane spontaneity is, um, the muse hitting is is uh when it's fun and when it just happens and i think that there's such a thing as trying too hard yeah uh, it would seem contrived so, yeah. You know? yeah so i have to ask you think you would ever do a guns and roses cover oh uh, yeah <laughs> no yeah and what would you want to cover oh i don't know pick uh, one out of the top of your head whatever comes uh, up first in your head like November rain is such a pretty song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we would do like a trimmed down version of it. I bet it wouldn't be like all the uh, theatrics and everything else. Right, right. They're just true rock ballad. Yeah. They did when they played here at Rich well, Ralph Wilson Stadium. They did a twenty-eight minute version of Paradise City. <laughs> so hey, I got I got a question for Lily. Come on. Uh, do you, are you only uh, a guitarist, or do you play uh, bass or keyboards or anything else uh, along the way? I can, um, uh, probably not confidently enough to do it live. Yeah, so, um, you, yeah, yeah. So bass you, and keyboards. Um, I have a pedal steel actually right here that's just been collecting dust for like <laughs> how many years. Um, do they just uh, hand those out when you get to Nashville? They're just like, you better have yeah, one right. of these. Somebody might come uh, over. I wish. <laughs> if they handed those things out, I'd probably, I don't know, take more time with it at least. Uh, one thing I always ask, too, is are you, like, in terms of your equipment and your guitar and stuff, are you, is there something you like better than others? Or did you just get what you got in terms of equipment? I know nothing about this. Honestly, I'm not that much of an equipment buff either. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my trusty little Breedlove acoustic guitar that's um, a parlor guitar, and I just think it's, like, the boxiest and, like, coolest sounding guitar. Like, I'm so in love with it, and it's not failed me yet. I've had it for about five or six years. Awesome. Um, and another question, yeah, go on. In terms of Nashville, too, there's so many I hear from my, one of my friends down there. 
there's some people who have you run into have you ever run into anybody actually who like you just saw wow i've sort of like really liked your work or i was a fan of you um vince gill wow um i weirdly see him like everywhere <laughs> but he's one person i've seen and i'm just like wow I, i'm such a big fan of your work and um I mean, God, I I would honestly have to like really sit down and think because you know there's a musician around every corner. Um, I, I'm trying to think like uh, uh, Maggie Rose is an awesome singer. Uh, she's somebody I've sort of seen and been like, wow, I'm a huge fan. Uh, Margot Price is knocking around here all the time and uh, huge fan of her work. Marcus King. Um, yeah, just to name a few. <laughs> yeah, one of my Vince, friends for her was quite a player, that guy. Yeah, but what'd you say? Uh, Vince Gill, quite a player, that guy. Holy cow. He, he knows his way around a guitar. That's he, for sure. He is incredible. He, yeah. yeah, I'm, he's a huge inspiration. Now, do you find yourself just, I mean, by, by virtue of the fact, you know, being a singer and player, do you tend to stick with more of the rhythm and things like that? Or do you, do you get into kind of doing uh any kind of fancy fancy work on the fretboard um a few things <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a few things i do playing live that just like to keep it interesting so to say but like yeah. primarily i'm not i'm not i'm also not a great guitar player <laughs> you know i i yeah. have I can do what works. Yeah, I kind of uh, like to, I do like to collaborate with people sometimes because I did kind of like the one man thing for so many years. And it's just like sometimes just to get that extra layer of sound from somebody else is, is kind of fun. But I, I think also as a guitar player for me, it's like because I enjoy singing so much that I kind of just, okay, now, now that I can play the structure of the song, let somebody else worry about all the fancy stuff, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. One of the other little fun questions I just ask in terms of like your is again I think you're you're really good and your voice is incredible, Thank but that no this is, but now if you ever want to cover another genre ever what would it be kind of would it be like metal like Guns and Roses or stop <laughs> with the Guns and Roses. <laughs> hey, she started yeah, it. I, I did. Mentioned I it once. I'm like, oh man, um, I don't know. I. Uh, probably like something like in in terms of cover wise like the music I listen to isn't anything like the music that I play like I love um I love I'm really into like indie rock like I love war on drugs music um and I think like if I were to cover any other genre it would probably be like mainstream pop or like (laughs) now do you have a favorite song of your dad's um, one of them. I actually I don't like that question in terms of asking like one thing, <laughs> like something that comes to mind. <laughs> um, I like sort of all his like. <laughs> I like all his like kind of folky stuff, like Traffic Era, like John Barleycorn. That's like the third. What's about thirty-five minutes? That whole album, and just from cover to cover, just incredible. And I say album because that's what I listen to. And that, that's yeah. Embarrassingly yeah. enough, I think you guys might know a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys, not me. I'm more your generation. But also, so. you performed some of that. You performed a lot of that with him in 
somewhat duet form or backing vocals. I saw some stuff out there, right? Yeah, we did John Barleycorn. And it's just, I think it's such an interesting concept for a song. Like, if you oh, actually yeah. listen to the lyrics. Yeah, amazing. The lyrics on that are just incredible. Yeah. Like, it's like about some guy, like, like, like it's really just metaphorical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's rad. And he got it from an old English poem, something, isn't it? Based on something along those lines. I just remember there was something on that album cover that, you know. Probably. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I You're learning some new things. <laughs> but in terms of now, what do you have coming out and where can we get your uh, merch? Because I'm definitely going to get a whole bunch of it when you come to town. <laughs> right. Um, printing some new merch as we speak. But um, yeah, I, I have some new stuff coming out at the end of May, probably, or beginning of May. Um, I think you'll hear a lot of my new songs um, when I come and play. Um which I'm, I'm really excited to share with everybody. Um, but I think like everything that you need to find, you can find on my website, lilywinwood.org. Um, yeah. And you have an EP out, don't you? Yeah, I have an EP and a record out. Um, EP was produced by um, Joshua Barber. He's an Australian producer. He's worked with like Goche and he did a really great job with that record. And uh, the the full record was produced by a good buddy of mine, Alan Thompson and uh, Alex Munoz, who's worked with like Margot Price and a whole bunch of like country artists and just super, super talented. Yeah. Yes, I think you really enjoy playing here too. Danny's really committed to music. He goes to look at, there's really, the crowd's very attentive in terms of you're not going to have like people like dancing playing a jukebox behind you or anything yeah i mean i've had nothing but amazing things you might be able to okay it's rochester so it's late april so that means probably be like 10 but you might be able to play in the back maybe otherwise inside it's all good though so that'll be 10 right? o'clock or 10 o'clock or 10 people. 10 Robin. degrees, 10 degrees yeah. outside. You're almost guaranteed it will be raining at the very least. If yeah. It's not cold. It'll definitely be raining. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, I, I forget you're there, Paul. You have anything you want to ask Lily? Is he there or not? Did they die? Um, <laughs> there, I just, you know. There he is. Anything to add, Paul? What was the question? Anything to add? No, you want to ask uh, Lily anything? I forget you're there because I see a little phone icon. <laughs> we're looking forward to seeing you. Very yeah, much. Definitely. It's in yeah. April, so if you go in March, you won't be there yet. <laughs> so, Lily, how many cities are you doing? Um, Buffalo, Syracuse, uh, Rochester, um, Oh my god, I'm bl- I'm blanking. That's okay. Uh, Have you traveled the Northeast like before? Six, like six, seven shows. Have you done the Northeast before? I have, yeah. Um, this last summer, I did um, a run with Brett Denon, and we did like uh, Cleveland. Well, I guess that's like more Midwest, but we did kind of like up in uh, Portsmouth. We did New York City. Okay. Um, a few, a couple in Pennsylvania, a couple like, outskirts, New York. Yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited to go do like a full kind of solo thing. And yeah. Now we're really looking forward to it. It's nice to be obviously here. I used to always go to live music very, very often. And then with COVID, 
just was weird. My life music was all the streaming shows, basically. And it was just strange not going out. Obviously, Abilene was closed for a while. Thankfully, it's still around. And, you know, knock on wood, it seems like hopefully the worst of this stuff is over with. So it'll be really good to see you and everything. It'll be just cool. I'm glad you're coming to town and everything else. And anything, Chaz? No, but uh, everybody's excited, um, and uh, it's it's great to see uh, somebody kind of in the prime of of their uh, what they're 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 doing. So uh, thrilled thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, and really, the other thing too is already from what I've listened to, you're in mind now. Every time you put something out, I want to see where you go. Like it's just I've seen songwriters. I've worked with songwriters from the beginning, and watching the progress through the years is just really, really cool. Yeah, so it's gonna be well, nice I'm to really see. excited to share with you all. I'm like, I can't, you know, this is, this is just, you know, filled my heart so much, and I, I can't, I can't wait to play for you all and meet you all in person. <laughs> Very so, cool. Rob, are you going to make her eat a garbage plate when she comes? You're talking about <laughs> Why does somebody always have to say this? That's okay, when you're in town, there's a thing now. I take it you're not a vegetarian? I'm not, no. Okay, I have to ask because about 90% of my friends are, so I just have to ask that question. Right. Now, okay, you said it. Explain what that is to her. <laughs> first, well, ask first. You have you ever heard of the term here. garbage plate? All I know, it, it was something okay. that people would bring back to the dormita- dormitory, and you could smell it for the entirety of the weekend. Um, it's, a Rochester, it? it's a Rochester thing. Yes. It sounds delicious. Okay. If you want to try one, if you want to try one, I'll bring one. Now, if you want to try one, I'll bring one. If you okay, if you're serious, I'll bring one for you to the show. I'm not serious. Good, thank you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I got. I got two rules. We gotta do. We gotta not bring her a garbage plate and do not heckle her about playing "Sweet Child of Mine." And everybody's good. (laughs) She started that. I didn't know she was a fan. (laughs) No, the garbage plate's this thing. It's basically the drunk food when you're in college and you regret it for a week afterwards. So <laughs> just a, a big pile of, of greasy food, really. Like going it's out just... for an Indian after the bar closes. Yeah. I think they yeah. call it grub. They call it grub, right? It's grub. Yeah. Just tell, yeah, me what you, like, tell me what you like when you're in town and I'll tell you where to go, okay? I'll make sure you're safe. <laughs> good. I, I think that is an apt, you know, uh, analogy for if you're looking at it from a British perspective is it's like getting a big old sloppy curry, you know, uh, is this basically just, you know, a street burger, food. hamburger, bunch of potatoes, bunch of beans and salad, and then they dump this meat sauce on it. And then if you pull pull the tray, if you pull up, the grease is likely to make it go through the styrofoam. (laughs) But I I saw those English breakfast last time I was in London. Those things are pretty nasty looking, too, so. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I couldn't see. I couldn't eat one of those English breakfasts. Those just look. When we were over there, I was just. I'll pass. But I, you know, teach his own. You know. <laughs> oh come on, Rob! I live on that stuff. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's why I can't understand how you're still alive. Sometimes, <laughs> but thanks a lot, Lily. We really appreciated it. Yeah, thank and you so once much. again, can you just okay? It's it's April twenty eighth, and again, if you've never seen Nick, Nick Young, he's a friend of mine. He's opening. He's really good, so it is going to be a great show. And yeah. once again, because everybody has short attention spans, where can we find all your stuff? Uh, LilyWinwood.org or any 
any way you listen to music. <laughs> and for tickets to her show, just go on the website, stop down. Well, not you. You're playing and you're in Nashville. But if you, <laughs> but if you, but if you live locally, just go down. They'll give them to you at the bar. The website's very easy to navigate. Even I could do it. So, it's, uh, and we are going to put your, we're going to put uh, the song that you uh, suggested at the end. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe tell us a little something about yeah. California. Well, it's um, the biggest state in the union. Well, no, Rob, <laughs> sorry, let's, I, let's, I can't let's let help Lily, myself. I can't Lily help Lily myself. Out. Sometimes I have let's a fancy sense of humor. Come on, Lily. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's it's a um, a song I wrote about my very first trip to California it was just kind of this like really magical experience and I was just kind of so overwhelmed by it that I had to write a song about it all right very cool the last thing is what is the poster behind you say it's driving me crazy (laughs) um it's actually a show poster of me and my dad when we played the rhyme here in Nashville Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Shelly. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple months, and I will... That's all. Yeah, thank you. So thanks, much. everybody, for... Thanks, everybody in the peanut yeah. gallery. And the, nice to meet everybody. Nice to meet you. Yes. Take right. care. Have a great tour. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well.
the architects of entropy a collaborative world building tabletop role-playing actual play podcast in other words my friends and i create exciting weird worlds and then we play in them join us for our introductory story as we play dungeons and dragons in a homebrew high fantasy world populated with dwarves elves fairies and anthropomorphic weasels what's going to happen next we have no idea join us and find out architects of entropy a podcast